0: We decided to conduct distance learning, but how were we going to do that? We truly did not know because most people didn't have computers. Electricity is very scarce and Wi-Fi is a luxury.
1: After the doctors, the teachers are the most important fighters in this pandemic, because they need to be creative. They need to come up with solutions and to adapt to this new normal.
2: Good Practices, a podcast about municipal response to COVID-19 from Connective Cities.
1: Welcome to this episode of Good Practices a podcast about municipal response to COVID-19 from Connective Cities, the platform for promoting an international exchange of experiences among urban practitioners. My name is Daniela Marzavan. In this podcast, we get to know different practical examples from urban practitioners from all over the world who developed measures to tackle the challenges posed by this pandemic. Co-host by my side is Beate Stender. Hello. She is a journalist from Berlin, and together with the Connective Cities team, she has researched the stories. So, which
2: one of our topics are we tackling in today's episode? Today, we speak about smart schooling, a topic that is pretty big in the pandemic, I think. It's a a topic that affects... Every region, every city in the world. We hear the story from someone trying to develop smart schooling in a country that is not smart yet, Haiti. And in Haiti, there's a little town called Jacmel where Nadia Ojo is running a school. And Nadia Ojo is the protagonist of our episode today.
0: My name is Nadia Ojo. I have a master's degree in counseling education. Currently, I am. An executive director for a small nonprofit organization named Bright Initiative. And uh, I'm also the director of a school uh, named International Christian Academy, also known as ICA. Tell me more about ICA. ICA, the school uh, of Nadia, is a private uh, bilingual
2: school. So the students are taught in French and in English. And the classes range from pre-class to grade 9. Most of the families are considered middle class, which means they have a job, but they are not wealthy. They have also kids from families with very low income, just a few families, so they try to have a mix in the school. And for Nadia and all these families, it was a very strange situation when COVID-19 came to Haiti.
0: We knew there was a pandemic ravaging Europe and America, but it was very far and distant from us. We were living our lives as usual. We were very unconcerned with what was happening, uh, even though we were watching in horror all of the things that were happening um, overseas. Uh, Until one night, the president came on the radio and said that there were two confirmed COVID cases in Haiti. All schools were closed effective immediately. There was no warning, no plans, and no one or nowhere to turn to for information, for guidance, or support. It was terrifying.
2: Yeah, and this uh, the situation of disorganization and uh, not knowing what to do, what how to react. This moment of shock lasted about a month, uh, Nadia Ocho was t- telling me, and really no one was able to do something. And it reminds me of the situation in some other countries that...
1: We've had in, in our connective cities exchange events, for example, India, where this direct transfer of the measures in Europe have left the people unprepared, uninformed and
2: terrified. Yeah. And that's, yeah, Nadja Ocho Nadja said that the biggest problem was a lack of information. But I mean, doing nothing is not a
0: solution. After about a month, We realized that this was not going away, and we had to do something to not lose the whole year, especially because we had already lost three months of school due to social and political unrest. So after much discussion, we decided to conduct distance learning. But how were we going to do that? We truly did not know because most people didn't have computers. Electricity is very scarce and uh, Wi-Fi is a luxury. Um, However, we realized that most people have phones. So we bought phone plans for all of our staff members and uh, we started conducting classes using conference calls uh, at first and uh, we also used WhatsApp to send messages and recordings of lessons um, to the parents so that they would play it for their students and uh, hopefully the children would understand. Uh, though though we were very grateful for these uh, mediums, it was clear that they were very limited. We needed a more permanent uh forward thinking and uh broad range uh medium
1: where um in one of our events um one teacher from Latin America said that after the doctors the teachers are the most important fighters in this pandemic, because they need to be creative, they need to come up with solutions and to adapt to this new normal.
2: Mm. Yeah. What the teachers did in this case was that they tried to produce little audio messages uh, they have sent via WhatsApp. Of course, because that doesn't need so much data volume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nadia said that she was grateful for the limited resources she had, but of course it was clear that they needed to go a step further and that's what they did as a next step.
0: So we got a company to build a Canvas platform for school. And um, it's really funny because it's been two months since the platform was built but we have not yet been able to use it because our staff and students have very little knowledge and experience using technology. Even our parents, we sent them uh, a message to create an email for their students in order to access the platform. We waited for three weeks and we got maybe one third of the parents to respond. And uh, we literally had to have the parents come to the school and set up tables uh, and staff in order to actually create some uh, email accounts for the students.
2: When I was speaking to Nadia, I was asking me, when, when the internet is a luxury in Haiti and the internet is breaking down all the time, I mean, it's pretty hard to use it. It's pretty hard to answer, right? I think
1: if airtime and Internet um, is a luxury rather than a commodity, as as it is in most uh, European countries, you think twice before answering an email, opening an email, downloading any data or uh, downloading any audio file, And um, prioritizing education over other type of information that you might want to download with the available data is a matter of educating the parents, educating the students, and educating the teachers on how to use these devices, even if these devices are being given away. So I wonder, how did I manage to get everyone on board? Well,
2: one idea was to set up the infrastructure.
0: The second problem that we face is we are lacking the resources necessary to launch the platform. We currently have about 10 laptops and uh, a friend bought 16 iPads um, for school, but our school has 140 students. And so uh, we're having to ration the use of it, so that uh, everybody can get a chance to use it.
1: One of the things that is recurrent to other good practices um, connected to to smart schooling and education in times of COVID-19 is the solidarity of how uh, quickly people organize, teachers organize, have friends who bring in the devices necessary to use the online platforms. And I wonder how they got everyone on speed to become digitally literate, not only the parents, but also some of the
2: teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, Nadia tried to teach the teachers. This is something, of course, this is very urgent. I mean, if you don't have the resources, then there's no one who has the ability, the technical ability. It's like handing out books before learning the alphabet. Exactly. I, have a, I asked Nadia the same question and that's what she answered.
0: Uh, Right now, our priority is actually um, helping our students and staff to become computer literate. So um, hopefully by January or February, they will be able to get on the platform and actually use the platform to start um, distance learning, at least for the English portion of um, our program
2: Maybe we have to mention the date of our speaking because she's speaking about January 2021 and we are now in December 2020. So, well, I mean, she's quite optimistic that in four to six weeks they can start with a Canvas platform. And even the distance learning is not yet in action. I mean, this sounds like, yeah, for me it sounds like a success, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think this is... um In all municipalities that have shared good practices, you saw a lot of private initiatives trying to push for the um, digitalization of, of the education and coming up with inclusive ways of using what is out there, using a WhatsApp chat, integrating the parents in their teaching and also making sure there is donations and funds to get the right infrastructure in place and also training programs to bridge the digital divide.
0: I would say my biggest learning with developing smart schooling in Haiti is to use what you have. Like really, especially in uh, our situation, we were not going to get like huge computer labs and equipment for all our students. Uh, We've learned to use what we have. Uh, We schedule so that, you know, certain classes use the computers at uh, at different times. And, you know, it's working. It's obviously not ideal, but, uh, but it's working. And then I would say the other thing that uh, I think is a must is to really take time to build capacity, to make sure that our staff and students are actually able to use the equipment so that you know, prayerfully, when we do have the uh, the equipment, they are able to efficiently uh, use them and um, uh, be prepared for the next disruption in school. If it's not COVID, it will probably be a social or political unrest.
1: <laughs> I think if crisis is a given, then you might have a lack of infrastructure, a lack of capacities, but you for sure don't have a lack of creativity. And this crisis has shown again, how it can trigger creativity. And if it's being funneled in the right direction by motivated people like Nadia, then you can really get a turning point and manage to create innovative solution within very limited resources. This was Good Practices, a podcast about municipal response to COVID-19 from connective cities. My name is Daniela Marzavan, and I was talking with the radio journalist Beate Stender about Nadia Ojo's good practice in Lakmel. Producer Beate Stender, executive producer Daniela Marzavan. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you'll be back for our next episode. Stay safe and goodbye.
2: This podcast was brought to you by Connective Cities, the international community of practice for sustainable urban development. A joint venture between the German Agency for International Cooperation, the Association of German Cities, and Engagement Global Service Agency Communities in One World. Commissioned by the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development.